In the name of Jesus, amen. It is a bold prayer that Mary offers up before God in our gospel lesson for this afternoon. A prayer that goes like this. Let it be to me according to your word. It's a bold prayer for her to pray because of the thing that she's just been told. What Gabriel has revealed to her should be impossible. After all, teenaged virgins don't end up pregnant. But Gabriel has just told her that's exactly what's about to happen to her that she'll conceive and bear a child, and that his name will be called Jesus, a name that means the Lord saves. And what's more, the child that she'll bear will sit on the throne of David. The throne of David hasn't mattered in 587 years since the Babylonians destroyed the kingdom of David. And yet that's what Gabriel tells her. That her son will rule on David's throne forever. It doesn't make sense. It should be impossible. But Mary believes the word of God spoken to her by the angel Gabriel. Even if she doesn't know all the details, she still believes. Details like, how will that happen since I am a virgin and virgins don't have babies? The answer is even more impossible events that Gabriel tells her about. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Most High will overshadow you. The child that you bear will be called Holy, the Son of God. That should be impossible also. And what's more, your relative, Elizabeth, who has been barren and is now past the age of being able to have children, she's pregnant also. Another impossible action by God. For you see, Gabriel says, there's nothing that is impossible with God. And so it is that having heard this word preached into her ear, that Mary prays a prayer of faith. Let it be to me according to your word. It doesn't matter if it sounds impossible, since God's word said it, I trust it. Let your word do to me what it has promised. Let your word work what God wishes. Not my will, but your will be done, O Lord, all according to your word. And the impossible happens. 
Mary does become pregnant, not in the natural way, but instead through her ear, having heard God's word. The baby begins its earthly life. And in that moment, the almighty, all-powerful, infinite God of the universe becomes contained within one tiny human being. The Word becomes flesh and dwells among us, first as one cell, then two cells, then four, then eight, ever-growing. The infinite God has a tiny human heartbeat. The all-powerful God who created the entire universe receives his sustenance through his umbilical cord from his mother. God grows tiny fingers and toes. Mary feels the kicks of the Son of God within her womb. She becomes the mother of God. Shouldn't that be impossible? But it happens according to God's word. The infinite takes on the finite. Nothing is impossible with God, not even God becoming flesh, or as we pastors say, the incarnation. It's that that we celebrate today. God becoming flesh. It sounds like it should be impossible. It hurts our brains to think about. Pastors use huge words and spend chapters trying to explain how it could be real. And it is real. Even if we cannot explain it. It is March 25th, the Annunciation, that God comes down from heaven to begin his work of salvation. Without this Annunciation, there would be no Christmas. Without the Word of God coming to young Mary, there would be no Incarnation. Without the Incarnation, there would be no Good Friday. Without Good Friday, there would be no salvation. Without salvation, there would be no hope for you except to go to hell. Me either. Without the Word coming to Mary, heaven would be impossible. Without what we've just heard, eternal life would be impossible. You see, sin reigned in us. It had become our master. It had controlled every inclination of our hearts and twisted them to evil. It had corrupted every aspect of our life. It made our families turn from safe places of care and support to places of conflict, 
It made us tell lies to our neighbors and about our neighbors. It made us spread vicious rumors, putting the worst construction on the news that we hear rather than the best. It made us despise our neighbors, treat them poorly, hoard items in this world for ourselves. Sin made us ignore God's word and despise God's gift. Sin told us that God did not give us what we need to support our bodies and lives, but rather that we needed to get more and more for ourselves now. It told us to trust the almighty dollar. Sin made us slaves to Satan. Slaves to death. And slaves to sin, death, and Satan deserve only one thing. Eternal damnation in hell forever. Because of our sin, that's what we deserve. Because of our sin, that's what we have earned. Because of our sin, heaven should be impossible. Well, what if I work harder, Pastor? What if I give more money to the church? What if I stop swearing? What if I give something up for Lent? What if I serve on a board or a committee? What if I teach Sunday school? What if I make sure my kids sit in church? What if I make sacrifices to the Lord? Even then, there's no hope within you. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. It's impossible for giving more money or working harder to take away sin. It's impossible for you to save yourself. It's impossible. Could never happen that you or I could be holy enough to make up for our wrong. But with God, there's nothing that's impossible. God does the impossible for you as well. And it begins with the Annunciation, when God, the almighty, all-powerful, infinite one, takes on human flesh. The baby that was conceived in Mary through the preaching of God's word is also born. He had a perfectly human body, just like yours and mine. God became man and dwelt among us. He lived a perfect sin-free life, succeeding where we fall short. And yet he still willingly gave himself over into death 
death at the hands of sinners, all of it for you. The perfect Son of God in human flesh had lies told about him in the very same way that we tell lies about others. The perfect Son of God was beaten and abused the same way that we hurt and harm our neighbors' bodies. The Son of God was mocked the same way that we often mock others and our political leaders. The Son of God was abandoned the same way we often abandon others. He received every mistreatment imaginable and was nailed to a cross to suffer, to bleed, and to die for you and for all the sinners of this world. And in his death, the impossible happened. His death on the cross took away your sin. His death on the cross made you holy. His death on the cross paid the price that you owe. His death on the cross brought you forgiveness. And though it may seem impossible, Jesus didn't stay dead. He rose from the dead on the third day. Death did not win against him, but instead death was defeated in his death. Oh, death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? They are destroyed forever in the resurrection of Jesus. Though it may seem impossible, Jesus rose from the dead, and one day so too will you. The impossible happens. Christ brings these impossibly wonderful gifts to you here in this place. He sends out his word, word that creates and sustains faith. He puts it right here into your ear in this sanctuary, not so that you might conceive a child, but instead that you might conceive and bear faith in your life. He puts his word right into your ear saying, I forgive you all your sin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Here at the font, he washes away your guilt, clothing you with his righteousness by putting water and the word upon you at the baptismal font. His word is in and with the water, and it makes you a Christian, something that formerly seemed to be impossible. He gives you his own resurrected and glorified body and blood to eat and to drink, promising you forgiveness of sins through your participation in them. 
It seems impossible, but the entire resurrected Jesus is in each morsel of bread. All of his blood is in each swig of wine. And your forgiveness is assured. You may feel that it's impossible for God to love you. You may feel that it's impossible for God to desire your salvation. But it's already happened. With God, there is nothing that is impossible. And knowing this, all we can do is pray the prayer of faith that the Blessed Virgin Mary prays in our gospel lesson today. Let it be to me according to your word. Let your word create faith in me. Let your word wash my sin away. Let your word declare me to be forgiven of sin. Let your word feed me with life-giving food into eternity. Let it be to me according to your word. In that word, God does the impossible for you, for me, and for the whole church on earth. In the name of Jesus, amen. And may the peace of God, which far surpasses all human understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.